Yo! What is going on, family? What is going on, my people? It is your host, David, and I'm back with another episode of the Top Bunk Sports Podcast, episode 51. We topped 50 on the last episode of the year, which was on December 31st, New Year's Eve. We got to it. We ended off the year with a bang. And now I'm coming to you straight with the first episode of 2024. I just want to say Happy New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year's to my people on Twitter. Happy New Year's to my family that's listened to this. And Happy New Year's to just everybody in the sports world, everybody in general. I hope everybody had a blessed, safe, successful New Year's, man. Wherever you're celebrating it, whether you're on vacation, whether you're home, celebrating it with family. Hope everybody just started off the New Year how they wanted it, man. Positivity man going to everybody that's how i'm that's how i'm doing it man i'm health is wealth as well man hope everybody's just healthy overall and if you're not you're trying to start off healthy trying to switch up your ways with your body and everything like that your mind and your focus and just everything with your goals and your agenda hope everybody just starts it off right start this new year on a fresh clean slate and just do it right do you know motivate yourself be there for yourself make sure that you're the priority and that everybody around you is helping you is pushing you to succeed to that next level that you want to be at you know change your circle if you need to change your circle if your circle's negative if you have negative people around you people that are fucking up your momentum fucking up everything in general you need to make some changes and you know what that's what this new year that's what every new year that you start off it lets you do it lets you get a clean slate and make some adjustments so that way you can start off the new year on the right foot and the way that you want it Last episode that we spoke about, we spoke about the big New York trade, which was R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly traded for OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, and Malachi Flynn. We spoke about that. We spoke about how R.J. and Emmanuel quickly, you know, how they could fit with the Toronto with that Toronto Raptor team. How OG Ananobi can fit with this New York team. Why the trade was made, and you know what could go, what could move on uh, going forward. Now, we also spoke about the Yamamoto situation on him signing with the Dodgers. My opinion on how he basically did the Mets after the Mets, you know, went to the ends of the earth to try to convince this guy to sign here. And, you know, he basically just told the Dodgers, hey, if you can match what they're giving me, I'll go right away. And obviously, you know, with Otani being there, that was kind of like the, 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 the icing on the cake, if you want to put it. So we spoke about that in the last episode. Obviously, like I said, episode 50, big NYK trade, um, and it ended off on episode 50. I know everybody's like, episode 50, man, you should be already like 100, 200 episodes in. Listen, I've been very, very lazy and uh, very inconsistent when it came to my podcast. So um, I'm trying to, I'm starting off this new year with a goal, um, be consistent, posting every week and, and just taking this this podcast thing to to another level when it comes to Top Bunk Sports and Top Bunk Studios as a whole. Um, but we're going to get to a couple of things uh, today. The first thing that I want to get to is the New York Mets. The New York Mets have signed Harrison Bader to a one-year $10.5 million contract, and there's a lot of negativity going on. It's, it's 50-50 um, going on within the timelines of, of, of X, I should say, um, not Twitter anymore. Shout out to Elon Musk of course um but there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions going on let's break it down from both perspectives and then i'll give my perspective on it um from the negative perspective it's well this is just another 
whatever type of pickup. It's not going to move the needle. It's not going to do anything for them. Da -da -da -da. The Knicks, I mean, the Mets have not done anything crazy this year. The Mets are, are, are going to punt this year. They're not going to do nothing crazy. We're going to have to watch a whole year of meaningless baseball. And, you know, they're trying to focus maybe on, on the year next next year instead of trying to just win every year da, 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 and you just sign the guy who's injury prone so it's not gonna fucking matter whether he stays healthy or whatever it doesn't matter what he does because he's not gonna be the key guy to take us where we want to get to these are all the things that i'm hearing from the negative side of met fans that don't like this trade or don't understand this trade or what david stearns and steve cohen are just doing in general this year then we go to the positive side right Harrison Bader is a guy who has speed, who can steal the base. Got a guy that can um that that plays the outfield very very well. His IQ there is high. Shout out to my guy Keith who actually posted a MLB the Show uh, description video breaking down Harrison Bader. Um, with, you know with his with his stats on MLB the Show. This shit was funny. Uh, please give him a, a follow on on Twitter at Kicking It. Uh, kicking in with Keith, um, he does he does a lot of good things with on Shane Sons as well. Excuse me, as well with his brother Key. Um, that they're, they're a Mets podcast, so please give them a follow. Please, uh, please stay in tune with their episodes. But you know, there's a there's a lot of guys that on the positive side of this of the signing that like it because of his defense, because of what he brings offensively. The guy has popped. The guy is in a hitting ballpark where he can he's gonna hit a lot of home runs in City Field as well as he did last year with the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and that small stadium. So you know, and again, that's another outfield that helps us a lot because now, you know, you could keep him at center field. You can move Brandon Nimmo at left field if they decide to do that. Hopefully, God forbid, you know, God forbid, Starling Marte doesn't have the same season he did last year and he stays healthy. Then you're looking at a possible everyday outfield of Brandon Nemo at left, Harrison Bader in center if he doesn't get hurt a lot, and Starling Marte at right field if he doesn't get hurt a lot and he stays consistent. So I, I personally like the signing. Um, it was talked about a lot, you know, within Mets Twitter spaces and it was talked about within a possibility of them signing. Now that he's here, I think it's a good trade. I, I mean, I think it's a good signing. Excuse me. I think it, it helps them outfield a lot. I think they got better. And you know, you also add a guy who's gonna give you, who's gonna give you pop, and who's gonna hit the ball very well in that stadium. And you know, I think he's gonna become a fan favorite. He was just in the rain at the Rangers game on Thursday, and he basically got a nice ovation. So it, it was it was definitely something that 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 was a surprise to me because I didn't really think they were gonna go after him. Um, but I'm happy that he's here. I'm happy that he he signed here. He's staying in New York. Um, and he's playing with his best friend in Pete Alonzo. Um, him and Pete Alonzo used to play in Florida for the Florida Gators. So that also could be another another thing that could work well for the Mets. That also could be a way to try to keep Pete here. You never know. You know, if they sign Harrison Bader next year and Harrison Bader has a good season this year and gets that contract that he's looking for um, for next year, he could possibly stay here and that could possibly make Pete want to stay here. That's just, you know, just, you know, hypothetical, just putting it out there. <laughs> but, you know, that I, I think it, it benefits the Mets a lot. And again, if you're somebody that's very, you know, 50-50 on what Stearns and Cohen are doing, 
if you're somebody that hasn't looked at Stern's interview on the SNY, if you have, if you're somebody that hasn't looked at his introductory press conference and the key things that he was saying, like trying to make this organization develop even better within the farm system, within just the, the team that the roster construction that it has now, you know, if you're not somebody that's paying attention to everything that he says, then I don't understand how you can go at this guy and you're not doing your research on what he on what he has done. I mean, so many people are like, well, you know, he's going from a small market in Milwaukee to a big market in New York, but look what he's done with Milwaukee. He's taken he his moves have taken them to a playoff year after year after year. I mean, you talk about trading for Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich when they were when they were still good. You know what I'm saying? They got to um a National League Championship Series in 2018 against the Dodgers, ultimately losing in a game seven um they traded for willie adamas who has been a very key piece for them at shortstop you know he, he his hitting numbers in milwaukee are great he's a very good defensive shortstop. he's been a very good defensive shortstop for them um you know just certain moves like that that i think benefits them a lot you know they the pitching prospects that he's developed through the draft within Woodruff, within Corbin Burns, you know, that that's all that's things that you got to look at. Those are things you got to pay attention to when it comes to what he's done. So now that he can take what he's done and what he's known for in a small market and, you know, move that to a big market in New York, I think it, it, it helps them out a lot. And, you know, one of the key things that a lot of Mets fans, including me, have been vocalizing about has been, can we ha- can we get some bullpen pitching? You know what I'm saying? And you're getting a lot of guys that are bullpen pitchers in on one-year deals. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of signings that they have made that are for the bullpen that are on one-year minor league deals that can definitely help us. You talk about getting somebody like Hauser, Adrian Hauser, that, again, it goes into a, a factor of that he was in Milwaukee and Stearns knows a lot about him. So you put him in the rotation and, again, it could pay off. I'm not looking at this team right now as this team is going to win the division. But you know what? Ever since Steve Cohen came out on an interview after he made the trades to send Verlander to Houston and to send Serger to the Texas Rangers, where he basically was like, you know, I'm trying to just reset it real quick. And, you know, if we're not playing to the best of our abilities in 2023, let's use this time to kind of simmer down, focus on on the farm, kind of get pieces back uh, for you know, deals that are not working out. And that's what they did. That's what they did when they traded David Robertson to Miami. That's what they did when they traded Justin Verlander. And like I said, Scherzer to, to both Texas. Um, and, you know, they, they, they took the opportunity to, to, to make some strong moves. And I honestly agreed with it. So, you know, they may not be looking as 2024, you know, as, as a, let's, let's go get them. Let's go win this thing entire entirely. But listen, if guys st- start to get hot, like Nemo, like Lindor, like Pete Alonso, like Harrison Bader, uh, like Francisco Alvarez, like a Mark Bientos, who's going to be looking to play a lot of DHing this year if they don't get a permanent DH, um, like a Brett Beatty, who is due for a resurgence after last last year's struggles. You know what I'm saying? If guys get hot at the right time, you might be looking at a New York Mets team that's going to be in the wild card. Again, obviously, it's not everybody's cup of tea because we want a division. But, you know, they're not looking at 2024 as a big situation, you know, as a big offseason where they want to go all the way and spend. You also got to think about it, too. Steve Cohen is paying a lot of money within the tax. So, you know, that no matter how much you money you got, you got to, you know, to give up a lot of money 
in within you know within taxes it, it it's it sucks so you know if you look at if you're looking at this off season to to defer some of that money away cool you know what i'm saying and again this it's not like this team is not gonna make a playoff i personally think they can make a wild card and the whole conversation can be turned because there's a lot of my fans that do not think that this team is gonna make a playoff and you know it's understandable but i also think that they can that you know with this team constructed right now if everybody gets hot they can definitely make a wild card. It's not like we have two superstars and the rest of them are bums. Like I said, you got Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte. If Starling Marte gets his shit together, Francisco Lindor. You got Pete Alonso. You know, you got Francisco Alvarez. You got the kids. You know, and it's sad that Ronnie's not going to be here, but you still have an opportunity with the certain guys that you guys have on this roster to really do something. So we'll see, man. But Harrison Bader is a New York man on a one-year $10.5 million deal. And I think it helps the offense a lot. I think it helps Brandon Nemo. I think it helps Tyler Marte because you guys got another guy on his on a quick on his feet, a very good defender at center field, and a guy that can hit the ball and give you pop when needed at times. So, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to have him on board. Welcome, Harrison Bader. Um... Glad that you are a New York man. Well, I'm shifting the gear to the next topic. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los, Ange- the, the Los Angeles Lakers have basically been in a, in a really bad struggle as of late. And, you know, it's it's no telling what switches they need to be made. Needs to be made. I mean, obviously, they're going to look into the trade deadline. They're probably going to go after maybe possibly a, a Trey Young. Um, with Gabe Vincent being out, same thing could go for DeJounte Murray. I mean, it's um, it's been noted that the Atlanta Hawks wants to want to change that roster up. And the funny thing about this whole this whole conversation is, you know, you look at LA schedule; they have lost eight out of their last ten games. Right? Let's. I mean, you start from December fifteenth; they lost to San Antonio. Right after that, on the eight on the eighteenth of December. They lost to the New York Knicks. Right after that, the 20th, they lost to Chicago. And then on the 21st, the next day, they lost to Minnesota, right? They've lost to Boston. They've lost to Minnesota again, New Orleans, and Miami, which was their last game on the 3rd of January, right? They have only won two games out of those 10 games. So when you're thinking about that, you're saying to yourself, what do I have to do? And a lot of it is pointing to Darvin Ham. I mean, I go into these Lakers spaces, man, and they want Darvin Ham completely gone, right? They want they want Ham gone. They want Palenka and Janie Buss to just wake up and smell the coffee and try to do something, make a change at the trade deadline because, again, this Lakers team has championship aspirations. Like, it's not like this team is trying to break everything down um, but they're trying, they're trying to win a, an NBA championship and it doesn't seem like they're going to win it if they keep going on the same path that they, they go on. Uh, Stephen A. Smith on first take said the Lakers are an absolute mess. As far as I'm concerned, they've got a roster rife with individuals who have betrayed LeBron James. They have betrayed Anthony Davis. They have betrayed Janie Buss and Rob Palenka. I mean, I honestly, to me, I don't think it's the players. I honestly don't. I think they got solid players who can contribute and who can, you know, get the Lakers on a run. But with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, especially the way Anthony Davis has been playing, Anthony Davis has not had an injury in a while. He is playing like an MVP player. So 
to me, I think it just it goes down to who can you add to this team to turn it around? And to be honest with you, I I personally think it's DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray can give you 20 a night, 20 plus a night, can give you a, a consistent spot-up mid-range shot. He does. He doesn't need to 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 shoot threes all the time. He can hit the three when he when he wants to. Um, he does need the ball in his hands. But again, that also gets the ball away from uh, D'Angelo Russell, who I personally think, if you're not gonna have Austin Reeves in the starting lineup, which you, in my opinion, you don't need to. He's a very key guy on on the bench that would help your bench. Um, I think you could put him as a shooting guard, and he could be a spot-up shooter for the Lakers while DeJounte Murray is handling the rock. And that would make them a little bit much better than what they are now. Uh, Darvin Ham, I don't know what's going on, but... You need to figure something out. You need to fix. You need to figure something out within that locker room. You need to get the chemistry right because I'm telling you right now, it seems to me like nobody's messing with you. And you know, you would think that when he came here, you know, the the relationship was well. But my brother, it's just something. Something's gotta. Something's gotta work. Something's gotta gotta mesh well. And I don't think any. I don't think anything in that locker room is is working right now. Um, because everybody has one goal in mind, and that's to win as many games as possible to be one of the best teams in the West and win a championship. LeBron's not out here trying to play just to play. He's trying to play to win a chip. And if you and if you know he's doing everything that he can to put this team in position to win, and the key guys around them are not winning, the key guys around them are not being the guys that they need to be. So. You know, I think a, a DeJounte Murray trade is definitely a, a key piece uh, for the Lakers. And, you know, they got the they got the Grizzlies on Friday, but then they also got the Clip. They got to play the Clippers. Toronto, who, you know, just got Emmanuel quickly, and, and R.G. Barrett. You know, that could possibly give them some trouble because Emmanuel quickly and R.J. are playing really well since being traded over there. They got Phoenix, who's struggling, but then it could also give you an issue because Devin Booker is still Devin Booker. Bradley Beal is back. Uh, they still got Eric Gordon, who's lights out from three. Then they got the one and only Kevin Durant. So that could be a problem. And then Utah is, you know, also a team that has a losing record, but is a problem. You got OKC, who's a problem. They're, they're contending, right, with Chet and with uh, Jalen Williams and SGA. You know, Dallas as well. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're... they're there's a team. These are teams that you you're gonna have to end up playing later on. And again, can you beat these teams consistently to get back to winning? You know, uh, to a winning franchise right now. And I and I and I know they're a winning franchise as far as them trying to make the playoffs. I'm saying winning franchise as far as them winning games consistent consistently again. Because like I've said, they've lost more than they've won. It's not looking pretty. Something's got to change. And I don't know what it is. Or who knows what it could be? But something's got to change, man. And I honestly, it's just it's just a matter of what's gonna what's gonna change. And you know, I really just wanted to talk about that because I, I think it's I think it's it's notable. You know, you would think that after winning that in season tournament against the Indiana Pacers, that right there everything's could skyrocket. But maybe, and maybe this could be true. That the in-season tournament is the only gold that the Los Angeles Lakers see this year. I'm going to leave it on that note and let it prosper because that could be 
the very case this year. But on to my next topic. A very, very key fight has been announced today on Friday, January 5th. Anthony Joshua will face off against Francis Nagano in a 10-round bout at Saudi Arabia. That is the second time that Anthony Joshua will be fighting in Saudi Arabia. And to be honest with you, I think this is going to be a big fight. Shout out to Francis Nagano who really put up a fight against the one and only Tyson Fury. And now he's going against a tougher opponent in Anthony Joshua. Who, again, a guy that is not really skilled like Tyson Fury. But a guy that has really good hand speed and punching power and can get you at any time. Now, it's also notable that Anthony Joshua has a a two-fight contract with Deontay Wilder. But I don't think anybody's really looking at that after Deontay Wilder got clipped in his last fight and was, you know, really, it seemed like he didn't care about that loss. He was just happy to be alive and who could blame him after that ass whooping. But, (laughs) um, you know, he will be fighting Joshua in a two fight contract. Um, Dates are still, from my understanding, unknown. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But, you know, you got that. You also got. The fight, like I said, is coming up in March. It's March 9th in Saudi Arabia. It's going to be Anthony Joshua versus Francis Nagano, two heavyweights, and they're going to go nuts. And I think it, I think it's good for the sport. I think it, it's also good for Francis because if you know what his history is with the UFC and not getting the proper money that he deserved, Dana really not paying him uh, because Dana didn't think he was worth what Francis thought he was worth. And, you know, now he's trying other ventures. He's branching off, but I think... He's making both sides look great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, th- I think he's making boxing look great because boxing is allowing guys that are more kind of expand in their game when, you know, within the MMA. Because with boxing, you're only able to use your hands, right? With MMA, you're able to use your feet. You're able to use your legs, your hands, you know, your elbows. So I think you're making both brands look great. I know Conor McGregor kind of did it with Floyd Mayweather back in 2017, but I think this, I don't know, I don't really think people were kind of paying attention about it because no, he wasn't really doing it. I mean, you know, Fr- you know, Conor McGregor kind of had one fight and that was it. He never really got back into the into the uh, boxing ring. Uh, Francis, is, this is his second fight as a boxer doing this, and he's fighting two guys in their prime right now. He fought Tyson Fury, and he, he now he's fighting Anthony Joshua. So, you know, the... It's determined to be seen what's going to happen. Um, it's determined what, you know, what he'll do going forward after these two fights. Is he going to go back to MMA? Is he going to stay, you know, fighting under the zone with it for, you know, for the foreseeable future? Who knows? I, I personally think that he will stay in boxing. He looks comfortable. He looks happy. Um, this is probably the most he's made. In fighting, because you know the, the whole with the whole thing of Dana White not paying his fighters, I think, you know now it, it it looks good. It looks good for it looks good for the sport of of both sides. So you know we'll see how that goes. But that's a big fight. That is a very big fight um, going on. I think uh, it's 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 gonna be something. It's gonna be something worth to watch. I can't wait for it. I definitely am excited for it. I jumped. I, I jumped right away when I got the notification. I posted it. Um, I. I just went at it. I literally went at it. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, on to the next topic that I want to talk about. Um, with the, I'm going to talk about the New York Knicks. 
Um, but I want it's not about you know how Obi looked. It's not how how you know, about any of the other players. Uh, there's a rumor going around that the New York Knicks are con- are considering trading for Malcolm Brogdon, and that's big. Um, in itself, regardless of how you look at it, because Malcolm Brogdon can shoot the ball, but he's a really solid defender. Um, I think he spreads the floor a lot. He's coming off the bench. That's a good bench piece. I mean, you're talking about a guard that, you know, is not Emmanuel quickly, but can still do certain things um, that Emmanuel quickly couldn't. And I'm saying within the deep, with, uh, he's on the defensive side of the ball. I think he's a better defender than quick, in my opinion. Um, he's not the same Malcolm Brogdon that he was. Uh, back then when he was with the Bucks and the Pacers, but you know, he's still a solid defender. Um, he, we, he showed that with the Celtics last year before they, you know, shipped him off to Portland. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, that, that's a pretty interesting, that's a pretty interesting, uh, thing, uh, trade to uh, possibly if it happens, I know the Knicks and I think Nick fans in general know that they were not going to stop at that one move when they traded for OG and Anobi. they were definitely going to make another move my thing is i hope if you're going to make the new if you're going to make the 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 move make the move but this can't be your only move dejounte murray has to be your move because let's think about it they're not getting carl anthony towns carl anthony towns right now is not going to be moved when they're first place in the west um they're cooking right now him him and anthony edwards then you look at donovan mitchell donovan mitchell has been another key guy that they've talked about you know being traded over here the contract and the money that he, you know, the money that he has, and or the money that he's gonna get, excuse me, because you got to think about it. He's a free agent after this season. It's not gonna fit, and the reason why it's not gonna fit is because that same year, Jalen Brunson is due for an extension, and Jalen Brunson is gonna get his money based off how he's been playing the his last two seasons. So it doesn't really seem like. You, you know, you're, you're not going to be, you're not, it's not going to work. And then on top of that, you know, I was watching the the Raptors and Cavs game when RJ, uh, when RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly made their debut against the Cavs. And, you know, you can tell that with two ball, with two ball handlers already, you know, they, the two guys that handle the ball on a daily basis in games with Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, having Donovan, Donovan Mitchell on this team, who dominates the ball and 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 you know shoots a lot really doesn't have great assist numbers um it's it clogs it up and the one thing that I said about RJ Barrett was that he clogged up the offense a lot because he's the one that need, he's he's a player that needs the ball in his hands he needs the ball to to score he needs to score so when you're not when you're not scoring like that, obviously the numbers they see from RJ, he's going to be very inefficient half the damn time. And I just don't think that, you know, three dominant scorers like that are on the same team is going to work. I mean, it sure as hell didn't work for Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, who are three guys that love to score the basketball over and over again. So if that didn't work and they were, you know, quoted as a super team, it's not gonna work here with Donovan Mitchell. I'm I'm just saying, and I love Donovan Mitchell. I was pissed when they fucking put Quentin Grimes untouchable for Donovan Mitchell. Like he's not untouchable for anybody. Fucking Quentin Grimes, what has he done compared to Donovan Mitchell? At least Donovan Mitchell can you know put the team on your back in certain times and 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 go off. So you know, Don, you know, I I, I don't know. It just 
at the time, I, I wasn't happy about it. Understood it. I was like, all right, you know, you, you have belief in Grimes. Got it. I, I believe him, too. It hasn't really panned out. Um, but it just won't work, in my opinion, money-wise, when you're trying to give your point your superstar point guard the extension. And, you know, you're going to go over the, the second threshold of the tax. That's not what they want. They're already over the first one. Um, so your only option right now is DeJounte Murray. And the DeJounte Murray's contract is cheap. And I think he fits for this team because does he need the ball in his hands to score? Absolutely. But I think he can trust the process of, you know, being able to stand behind the three-point line, move and cut and follow the rhythm of, J- of Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson is the one who starts that offense. He's the one that brings the ball. And a lot of the times when he's on fire, the team is on fire. You know, they, they, every, everybody connects. Same thing with Jew. So, you know, he has a, he has a shooting guard role in, in this position. Um, and I personally think that if you're not going to have, if, if that's going to be your big move, it it better it better it better go it better go through, because it, it to me and this is my opinion. I'm sure people will agree or disagree. This I've kind of said it in the last episode. OG Ananobi and getting Malcolm Brogdon does not, and I repeat, it does not take you over the second round. Right now, this team's focus has to be what pieces can what piece can we add to this team right now to get us in Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody says it takes steps. Everybody keeps saying it takes baby steps. I need this to be baby steps within the Knicks going from a first round in 2021. Then they got to the second round in 2022, right? You've already, you've already shown that you could get to a first round by beating the Cavs last year. And now we got to take it a step further. We want to keep building. Let's keep making the playoffs year after year. But what can we do to make it to, to you know, the to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, there are teams, in my opinion, that I don't think the Knicks are better than. Obviously, like the Bucks and the, the Celtics, but yeah, it's just it's just a matter of, of how can we improve? What what can we do to be better, you know, to be better? So, and, you know, shout out to Julius Randle. Julius Randle, who had an interview with Malika Andrews on ESPN, you know, he said that his, you know, that his goal is just to keep getting better. And I like that attitude because... You know, you're not you're not laying down for no you know, you're 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 trying to improve your game to be better. You're trying to improve your game to be better than last year, which he is. Let's be real. He's he's a way better player than than he was last year. Um and you know, hopefully that gives him the motivation to go ahead and play better in the playoffs. Honestly, that I the my my thing with Julius Randle, you know, I love what you're doing in the regular season. I know a lot of Nick fans don't appreciate it. But when it comes playoff time, bro, I can't have the Julius Randle from 2021. I cannot have the Julius Randle from game fucking six where you couldn't shoot for shit and your defense was trash. You played no fucking defense whatsoever. Fucking the Heat were making fast break points and everybody everybody else is hustling back on defense. Julius Randle's walking down. He hasn't even passed the half court line. I can't have that in the playoffs, man. The most important time. So, you know, I I just want to see your efficiency go up in the playoffs. I want to see you be consistent in the playoffs. We're we're counting on you, bro. You know what I'm saying? We're counting on you and Jalen Brunson to get us to where we need to get to. 
And I, I believe in you. I honestly believe in the, in those guys. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Trust me, if the Knicks said, you know, let's build through the draft, I'd be with it too. But from where he started at when he signed here in 2019 to where he has where he is now, what he's done here, I gotta give him appreciate appreciation for that. We'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll, we'll see um what can be done. But I've you know like I said, the trade deadline is very important. And and if you're some if you're the Knicks that you're trying to be aggressive and you're trying to show that we're trying to build and win now, you gotta get one of those guys. You really have to got get one of those guys. Personally, I would like Mikael Bridges, but Mikael Bridges, you know, is in he's in Brooklyn right now, and it seems like the Nets do not intend to sell him. Uh, but I think uh, I think I think you got this one in the bag if you can pull this trade off because Atlanta. Like I said before, is trying to you know fix up their roster. So you know I don't think he's staying there. But you know you got it. You got to get me a Dejounte Murray at least. If you can't get me a Cat, if you can't get me anybody else, and I don't think like I said I don't think Cat is going. So you know we'll 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 see. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this plays out. Man, I I honestly I I can't wait. I know the Knicks play the 76ers. That is the first test uh with OG and Anobi on this roster. OG and Anobi. And the Knicks have been three and zero since that trade has happened, and you know now this is the first time that they play, you know, real top high competition with you know a possible MVP and Joel Embiid going off. You know, you Tyrese Maxey was has been sensational. He's going off as well. So you know we got to see how the defense looks for the Knicks and what OG does. You know now in in this game that's very very important. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I appreciate everybody for tuning in, man. Appreciate y'all listening, supporting, and, ha- you know, just having my back. You know, just, just supporting the, 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 the brand, Top Book Sports, man. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody for listening to this episode. Um, with that being said, it's your guy, David, and I'm out.